Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. If you have your Bible with me, if you could turn with me, please, to Luke chapter 1. Book of Luke chapter 1 and verse 37. We had an incredible move of God in the first service, and I'm excited for what God's about to do in this service right here. Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, For with God, with God, not by myself, not from the help of your neighbor, with God, nothing, nothing in this universe, nothing that you could put your mind to shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. We'll turn to Mark chapter 5, verse 36. And it says, As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, Be not afraid. You might not be able to hear your neighbor right now, but just... And faith, you know they said that. Be not afraid, but only, only believe. Only believe. I, I, well, I want us to bow our heads and pray right now over the, the message that's about to go forth, that we would be able to receive it with gladness and joy and apply it to our lives this week. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for being with us today. Thank you, Lord God, for what you've already done, what you've already sent out before us. I pray, God, that faith would rise in this place today, Lord. I pray, God, that we would have belief in you, Lord Jesus, belief that you can do all things, that nothing is impossible to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. On December 5th, of 2019, Miami Beach held its annual international art fair called Art Basel. There at Art Basel, there was an Italian artist who decided to duct tape a banana to the gallery wall as a part of art. That simple banana stuck to the wall with a little piece of duct tape sold for over $120,000. Yeah. I I told the first service, I have like six bananas at home. Right, Amber? We're about to be rich. (laughs) You see, there's a lot of things in this world that I just don't understand. There's a lot of things that I can't wrap my brain around. And I want to share with you a few of those things. I don't understand how people, and I mean Joe Wilson, do not like Christmas. (laughs) It is like the best day of the year. How do you not like Christmas? Oh, I, I also don't understand how moms can have so much time and energy throughout their day to take care of us, to feed us, and still be able to do the laundry. 
the clothes just keep appearing on the bed. I'm just blown away every single time that they have time. Everybody love their mom, right? I don't know if you can relate to this, but I don't get how I can remember every single word from a 1990s hip-hop song, but I don't remember what I walked into the kitchen for. Right? I, I, I don't know if, why I walked in there, but for some reason I'm walking out with a bunch of snacks, chips, and drinks, right? But that's not the reason I went in there. I don't get how Amber can walk into Target just to get milk, and she walks out spending $180. Right? Does any husbands have wives that love Target? We all love Target here, right? My goodness. Somehow it just keeps adding up. And I'm probably going to get in trouble for this last one. I, I got a little bit of a booze in the first service. I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. I can't comprehend how people can honestly say that Chick-fil-A chicken is better than Raising Cane's. All right, let's pray and we'll have a great day. All right. In my short time on this earth, I've learned that there's going to be not just a few things, but there's going to be a lot of things that I don't understand, art being one of them. There are going to be a lot of things that I just can't comprehend, things that just don't make sense to me. When I look throughout the Gospels, it's easy to see that I'm not alone in this thought. The disciples, the followers of Jesus also dealt with a lack of understanding. Some of the time, they didn't, know, they didn't understand Jesus' teaching. They couldn't understand the parables. Other times, they couldn't comprehend him speaking about his death, burial, and resurrection and even one of the times, Jesus just plainly asked them, do you even know who I am? And a few of them could not understand. They lacked understanding at different points with their walk with him. But despite not fully comprehending his teaching, despite not being able to grasp the resurrection, despite their lack of understanding at that time, there was one thing that was obvious to them. There was one thing that stood out unlike anything they've seen before. That one thing was that when Jesus encountered a person or a situation with a need, when Jesus stepped onto the scene, when Jesus stepped into that need, something incredible materialized. Something remarkable happened. Something exceptional occurred. Something uncommon and supernatural came to pass, and people's lives were changed. The disciples may not have understood everything that took place in their short time with him, but they knew that when Jesus showed up, miracles, signs, and wonders would follow. And in Mark chapter 5, Jesus shows us just that. He has an encounter with three different situations. In the beginning of the chapter, Jesus meets a man who is possessed with demons, this man didn't know why he was being tormented. He didn't know why he would hurt himself. 
He didn't know why he would scare those around him. He didn't understand why he was going through what he went through. But that was just the reality of his situation. A few verses later, Jesus meets a woman who dealt with a health problem for over 12 years. She didn't know why she had this issue of blood. She didn't know why she had to deal with this pain. She didn't understand that the doctor could not find a cure. She tried everything she could, and she didn't understand why there was no answer to her need. But that was just the reality of her situation. And finally... Jesus is introduced to a hurting father in Jairus who was desperate, who was in a desperate need of help for his daughter. His daughter was very sick to the point of death. This father didn't know why she had gotten sick. He didn't know why she was not getting any better. He didn't understand why she was not breathing any longer. But that was just the reality of the situation. All three of these individuals had a problem. All three of them tried to solve it by their own means. All three of them searched for solutions to their dilemma. All three of them were told by those around them that there was no hope. They were told that there was no way out. They were told to just let it go because this is just the reality of the situation that you found yourself in. The reality was that judging by their own circumstance... Judging by where they stood at that day, they wouldn't survive much longer. Reality says that the the, the man that was possessed by demons would eventually hurt himself so much that he probably would not survive another month. Reality says that the woman with the issue of blood, she should not have lasted another week. Reality says that the father should have started making plans for his daughter's funeral by tomorrow. But something, something unexplainable happened. Something stepped into their situation. Something stepped into their lives and moved against reality. Something stepped in into their hopelessness and provided hope. Something stepped into their hurting and into their pain and brought healing and deliverance. Jesus Christ was that something. Jesus stepped off of the boat to free the oppressed man from his tormentors. Jesus walked by and virtue left his body as it healed the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus entered the room and raised a 12-year-old girl from being dead. I've come to remind the Calvary Church this Sunday morning, when reality tries to deny the solution to your problems, when reality tries to say that there's no way out, when reality says it's impossible for it to happen, God notices your need. God notices your circumstance. God notices your problem. And he steps in and pushes back against that reality. See, when Jesus steps in, come on somebody, when Jesus steps in, it doesn't matter what the world may say around you. When Jesus steps in, it doesn't matter what tomorrow may look like. It doesn't matter what the circumstance you may find yourself in. Because when Jesus steps in, You may be behind on your bills. You may be struggling at your job. Your marriage may be on the rocks. But I've come to tell you this Sunday morning, when Jesus steps in, the way maker is here. When Jesus steps in, what seems impossible, God makes it possible. When Jesus steps in, the problem solver has arrived. Hallelujah. Why don't you put your hands together for a moment?
When Jesus and Jairus showed up at his house to heal his daughter, they were greeted with laughter. They were greeted with scorning. They told Jairus, your daughter is dead. Why do you even bother the master? They tried to place doubt and fear inside of Jairus' mind. They tried to prevent Jesus from even coming inside of the house. But as soon as Jesus heard that news, he turned to Jairus and he began to speak against his reality of the situation and said, be not afraid. Only believe. Be not afraid, Jairus. Only believe that I'm going to come and meet your need. And when Jesus walked into that house, he decided to lay his hand upon the daughter. And guess what? She rose up from the dead. Listen, Calvary, the enemy's tactics have not changed from 2,000 years ago until today. We live in a culture that is trying its best to instill fear, trying to instill uh, worry, trying to instill uh, uh, anything it can to try to oppress you and put fear into your mind. But I want to remind you this morning that the devil was a liar back then, and he's still a liar today. He is the father of all liars. He is a deceiver. And the truth is not found in him. See, the enemy doesn't want you to believe. It doesn't want you to have faith. Why? Because the enemy knows when Jesus steps into that situation, fear has to leave. When Jesus steps into that situation, oppression and depression have to step out. Every sickness, every disease, every problem has to leave when Jesus steps in. See, when Jesus steps in, anything is possible, but you got to believe it. You've got to believe that he can do it. You've got to believe that he can handle your need. You've got to believe that anything is possible. About three weeks ago, an 11-year-old boy was sitting on Facebook. He wasn't scrolling around trying to see what his friends said. He wasn't trying to see how many likes that he had. No, instead, this boy was watching the first night of Ohio Virtual Youth Camp. And in the middle of that service, God stepped in to Noah Hurd's life. And he began to weigh on Noah Hurd. Why don't you stand, Noah? He began to weigh on Noah's life. And he decided in that moment to respond when he felt the tug of the, tug of the Lord on his heart. He felt God tell him to go into his room and grab all the money that he had and give it to She's for Christ. See, God stepped into Noah's life that night and Noah gave $54.15 to missionaries to spread the gospel all across the world. Listen, Calvary, it doesn't matter where you're at and your walk with God. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have all your life together or you're in the deepest pit that you can think of. If you allow God to step into your life and use you, God can can do more with it than you can ever imagine. The key is you have to believe and you have to respond when God calls. 
It may seem impossible to think about giving to missions in a time like this, but God can step in and provide for you. It may seem impossible to forgive, for God to forgive you of your past sins and your past failures, but God can step in and forgive you and wash you clean. The God that we serve knows how to make the impossible possible. If you believe that, why don't you put your hands together for a moment. It's interesting to look throughout the Bible and see when God chooses to step into people's lives. From what I've seen, he generally shows up when things are not going the best. When people are, are down and out in the, in the midst of their mess, in need of help, people in need of directions, and people in need of change. He isn't looking for the most beautiful situation to step into, but instead he seems most commonly to step into the place that is desperate and chaotic so that he can show his power and his majesty. It is in the place of weakness that he shows his strength. It is in the very place where you don't think it can happen is when Jesus chooses, chooses to show up and step in. When Jesus meets a two blind man from Galilee, they said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And they entered the house unable to see. But when Jesus steps in, he heals them both, and they walk away changed with both their sights. When Jesus met Zacchaeus, the corrupt tax collector and thief, Jesus steps into Zacchaeus' house, and Zacchaeus walks away changed, giving his money and earthly treasures to those in need. When Jesus walks the banks of Galilee, he meets Peter and Andrew who are just lowly fishermen who did not have aim in their life. But when Jesus steps into their life, Peter and Andrew walk away changed disciples and fishers of men. When Jesus intervened with Saul, the murderer and persecutor of Christians on the road to Damascus, Jesus steps into Paul's life and Saul walks away changed man as he becomes the apostle Paul who writes most of the New Testament and changes the world as we see it. See, when Jesus entered the world that was full of sin and full of darkness and there was no hope in sight, when he stepped in and took all the sins of the world and placed them on a cross, our world was forever changed. It was changed so, so that no longer we would have to live in sin, but that we can live with Christ. Can you remember today when Jesus stepped in and changed your life? Can you remember today when you had your encounter with Jesus? When I think about where I was and where God has brought me to, I think about the old song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch, saved a person who was down and out, saved a person who was living in sin. He saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was living a life full of sin. I once was living a life that was aimless and pointless, but God stepped in. I said, God stepped in, Calvary. But God stepped in, and I don't know about you, but when he stepped into my life, he brought me out of the miry clay. He brought me out of the darkness, and today my life is forever changed, and I just can't help myself but just to put my hands together and clap and praise the Lord who deserves all the glory and all the honor and all the praise for bringing me out of my situation. 
Hallelujah. A few years ago, we were in Indianapolis for NAYC. NAYC is North American Youth Congress. And the conference was held at Lucas Oil Stadium. It is considered to be the house that Peyton Manning built. They would, any football fans in here? Yeah, a few of them. They would have people in the stands, night in and night out, jumping out of their seats. They would have people screaming and shouting and putting their hands together and clapping and going crazy for their team. And at the end of the night, the fans would leave either happy or sad because their team had won or lost. But in 2017, Oxano Youth met up with 31,000 other young people in the same very stadium. We jumped We shouted, we put our hands together, we clapped, we went crazy. However, there was a major difference between NAYC and attending a Colts game. The difference was that those 31,000 young people were all together in one mind and one accord, and God stepped into that place. Listen, Calvary, when God steps in, People don't leave the same way they came. See, that NAYC, it sparks something within our youth group. It sparks something within our church and within our city. As young people left as normal teenagers, but when they came back, they went from being just another kid in their classroom to being evangelists and soul winners. These students went from being just going to church on Sunday and on Wednesdays, but instead they took church to their schools to make a difference. And because of these young people who decided to take God into their school. God was stepping into Fairfield High. God was stepping into Lakota East. God was stepping into Lebanon. God was stepping into Edgewood. God was stepping into Hamilton. God was stepping into TCA. And because God was brought into those schools, young people were getting baptized. Young people were getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Young people, each week, hundreds of young people's lives were being changed. Listen, Calvary, when God steps in, things change. When God steps in, lax turns into provision and abundance. When God steps in, favor goes before you like never before. When God steps in, victory belongs to you. If you want to see your life and those around you impacted beyond measure, you've got to let God step in to your life. If we can all stand. After Jesus gave his disciples and all that would follow after him, the great commission to proclaim the message of salvation to the world, to teach his word and to make disciples of all nations. He just he told his followers to wait for the promise of my father. Luke 24 verse 49 says, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you. But stay until the city until you are clothed with power from on high. That power that they would receive from God is found in the books of Acts. It is the power of the Holy Ghost. It is God sending His Spirit 
down to step into your life so that he, so that we could have Jesus with us at all times. The Greek word for power in these verses is called dunamis. Dunamis means to be able. The power that was given to them on the day of Pentecost gave them power to change the world as we know it. The power that was given to us when we received the gift of the Holy Spirit gave us the power to do that which we have never done before. It is a power which gives you the ability to do. It is a power to overcome everything we can't in this life. And when we look at the trials and the seasons that we face in this life, by our own ability, we all fall short. By our own ability, we will fail. But with the power of God living within us, we can achieve things that we have never achieved before. But we have to be led by His Spirit. God told Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My mercy is does not have a limit. My grace goes beyond anything that you have ever done or could ever do. But he doesn't stop there. He says, for my power, the dunamis, my power, my ability to do whatever it is that you need me to do, it is made perfect in weakness. When we decide to let go, when we decide to let God take control, when we, let, when we decide to let God carry the weight that we've been carrying for so long, when we decide to let God fight our battles, that's when God is able to step in and change your situation. Today, I believe God wants to step in to your life today. He wants to be with you. He wants to guide with you, guide you, and he wants to help you every step of the way. If you've never been baptized and had your sins washed away, today can be that day. If you have not received the power from on high, the Holy Spirit, today can be that day. If you're in need of a miracle, today can be your day. If you're in need of deliverance, love, peace, and joy, bring it to God. Bring it to the Lord and believe. I'm asking right now, if you would all close your eyes. No one's looking around. No one's listening to you. I wonder in this moment, if you can just be vulnerable with you and the Lord. He knows what we need. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. Knock and the door will open. Jesus said, be not afraid, but only believe that he can do it. I believe God wants to restore some of you today. I believe God wants to intervene on your behalf today. I believe God wants to do a work in you today. But you have to allow him to step into your mess so that he can come and change the circumstance. I pray right now, God, that you would be upon the Calvary Church. 
that you would help us, Lord Jesus, in the midst of our storm. I pray, God, for peace over those who need peace. I pray, God, for health, uh, for good health, Lord God, over those who are dealing with health issues. I pray, God, for power for those who are weak, for those who are lost. I pray, Jesus, that you would come down and intervene upon their behalf. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.